Six circles of relationship formed around Jesus in his time on earth. In the outermost circle, there were the crowds, tens of thousands of people curious to learn more about the prophet from Galilee. Next, the 5,000 who journeyed out from their villages in desperate need of something from Jesus. Then the 70 who served Jesus' ministry. They wanted to do something for him. There were the 12 who Jesus called to leave their jobs and the worlds they knew to follow him. Then Peter, James, and John, who fully embraced the joy of Jesus as well as his sufferings. And finally, the one, John, who sat beside him at the Last Supper. He listened more closely than any other and recognized the Savior when no one else did. What can we learn from these circles of relationship about how we can get closer to Jesus today? Jesus is always calling you closer. As I looked over the hill, I saw something I had never seen before. Tens of thousands of people filled the valley. I couldn't see any land, just people, an ocean of them. Pressed together, they stood on their toes and placed their children on their shoulders, hoping to get just a peek of the prophet from Galilee. They said he spoke with great authority and healed with astounding power. But me, I was most interested to hear his words and see his works for myself. But at this distance, so far away, with so many other faces and voices, would I ever get the chance? Well, I want to thank our tech team for that uh, intro to this series. And I'm looking forward to this series that's based on the book, The One Jesus Loves by uh, Robert Crosby. I was recommended this book by a friend. And he said, man, it is, it's tearing me apart. It's, it's, it's calling me to get closer to Jesus. And so I read it, enjoyed it so much. I, I got a copy for every one of the staff members and then I just enjoyed it. I was like, more people need to read it. More people need to hear it. And then uh, I was able to meet the author and uh, started talking to him. And I said, I'd love to do a sermon series with this. And he said, I have all sorts of resources and I'm so glad that we get to do this. And uh, if you want to get the book, we actually bought all the copies that he had, okay? So we have 600 copies at River Valley and his garage is empty at this point. Uh, he's gonna have to reorder. But uh, I, if you want one, you can get them at, the, at your Welcome Center. Uh, they're $10 and uh, we just got a limited supply, but it's a great, great book. You can read it, give it to somebody else. You can follow along uh, during this series. But the whole premise is that there are uh, six circles of relationship. And we're gonna look at those as we go through this series that we're looking at the crowds and the multitudes that we're looking at the 5,000, we're looking at the 70, the 12, the three, and then the one. Okay, so we're going to go keep looking and it's going to get more intimate and it's going to get uh, more personal. Now, uh, men, do not check out on me because I said the word intimate. You know, it's like, it's like intimacy, intimate, drawing closer, being vulnerable. And guys are like, I'm uh, fishing the rest of the summer. And, uh, you know, come on, guys, stay with me, stay with me. All right. Think of this. There's, there's other words. I looked it up. Uh, uh, synonyms for intimacy. Friendship. I mean, come on. We can resonate with that one. We can resonate. All of us should resonate with this. It, it's, it's drawing closer to Jesus, letting him become closer to you, you closer to him, having a closer relationship. We talk about this is not religion. This is a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
And I want to draw, draw closer to him. I want him to be not just a, a, a friend of mine, like he's a friend of a friend or a, a, a good friend. I want him to be best friend. I want to be close to Jesus. And so I'm praying that each circle uh, will be a place that will draw closer to Jesus. We'll look at these examples as we go through the series. And uh, we'll draw closer in this relationship and friendship with Jesus. Um, so the crowds, um, let me just give you a, an overview of this. The crowds would be the, the place of watching and listening. We're going to talk about that today in just a minute. But the crowds would be the place of watching and listening to Jesus. The 5,000 would be a place of feeding and of healing. Okay, feeding and of healing. Then the 12 is a place of leaving all and following. The three is a place of, of joy and suffering. And that's a level that a lot of us don't embrace. There's a level of joy and suffering as you draw even closer. And then the one would be the sacrificial love to get to that spot where we're saying it's just a sacrificial love that's there for you. And if you, if you know this in the Bible, there's one disciple, uh, if you, just quiz, how many know who is the disciple that was known as the one Jesus loves? All right, John. Yeah, John was known as the one Jesus loved. Now, it's interesting. John wrote that about himself. Yeah, I'm the one he loved. I mean, if Peter would have known there were opportunities to claim titles, how many know he would have claimed it too? I'm the favorite. I mean, I don't know what he just said, you know. But anyways, but we learned something from the, the relationship that John had with Jesus. And then it was close. It was a deep friendship. We're going to see this. And I will tell you this, that um, although John held the title of the one Jesus loved, okay, it's available for all of us, okay? It's available for all of us. And it's not like it's a, it's a tricky process to get to this close friendship with Jesus. It does cost us something. It means we have to lay down things. It means we have to take up things. But it's, it's something that's attainable for every single one of us. I don't want you to be intimidated by this series, if you are stalled, this is going to be a great place to get you moving forward. If you're stuck and you're like, this is where I've stayed right here. I mean, this is an opportunity for you to take a glimpse at what's next and keep moving forward. Because I believe this, Jesus wants us to move closer. I believe that. I believe Jesus wants us to move closer. And I believe the closer we move to Jesus, as we move in these circles closer to Jesus and actually get right there into this close friendship, we're going to start looking like him. We're going to start sounding like him. We're going to start behaving like him. We're going to start thinking like him. And that's the goal. I mean, the, the longer we walk with Jesus, the more we should look like him, sound like him, think like him, act like him. It's almost like, like a married couple, like after years, they start looking alike. How many know what I'm talking about? No, it's true. It's true. Somebody's like, oh, dear Lord, don't make me look like him. Okay, I got it. All right. He's praying he looks like you. Or I, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, it's true. The psychologists at the University of Michigan studied it. And they found out that, that married couples, after 25 years, they start to look like each other. And they actually found that the happier you, you, happier you are in your marriage, the more you start to look like each other. And you're like, we don't look anything like each other. But you pick up the mannerisms. You start to pick up the mannerisms. You, you start to laugh similar. You start to have the same facial expressions. You start, because there's something that happens when you're around someone, you start to be transformed. And I'm praying that in this series, we will be transformed and that we'll get closer to Jesus. Oswald Sanders said this, we're as close to Christ as we choose to be. Think about that. 
You're as close to Jesus Christ as we choose to be. There's an opportunity for us to move closer. And I'm praying in this series, we'll get closer and closer and closer. Now, today we're going to look at the crowds or the multitudes and start way on the outer edge. And they represent those people that followed Jesus that were watching and hearing. They were out on the edge. They were watching and they were hearing. And, and there's verses all over the Bible with crowds and multitudes. And um, I'll just read a few. Mark 1, 32 and 33, it says, That evening after sunset, people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door. We'll see how big that is in just a minute. The whole town gathered at the door. It's a big town and it's a big region. Mark 1.45, it's talking about Jesus. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. Crowds and multitudes just were gathering around Jesus. Mark 3.8 says, When they heard about all that he was doing, many people came to him from Judea, Jerusalem, all these different regions of Jordan, Tyre. They're all just coming and, and gathering around, and the crowds and the multitudes would just gather around. Just be people everywhere wanting to get a look at Jesus, wanting to hear from Jesus, wanting to figure out what he was saying. And even today, how many know that there's still crowds that are listening and hearing what Jesus has to say? I think about it. You can't see it right now. But even on the internet, as we're doing this sermon, this is going around the world. I mean, they'll tell me the different countries that people are watching our sermons from. And, and I'm guessing some of them are in military bases and, and some of our missionaries. And can we do this? Can we just clap for all the people that are watching around the world on the military bases, missionaries? I know the kids in, the kids in Haiti are watching it, you know, and they're watching and doing the double amen. We love all that. Yeah. But there's people that are watching TV. They're watching Christian TV around the world that's going into billions of people's households. Marcus Lamb was just here recently, and, and his channel, Daystar, goes to like 3 billion people on planet Earth. And there's a possibility for multitudes and crowds to be watching and leaning in. And for a lot of people, the, the crowd is, is their first look. It's kind of their first look. It's like, you know, you, you say, want to come to something smaller, and sometimes people are intimidated. But if they can be part of a bigger crowd, they're like, okay, I can go and take a look at Jesus. I can hear what Jesus has to say. I, I, can, I can lean in. For, I can just be on the edges there. I mean, we still have crowd events that we have. And I want to say thank you to Kingdom Builders for everybody that helped the Pulse event happen not that long ago. Um, I think we have a picture. We can throw it up on the screen. We have the Pulse event. Yeah. I mean, look at that's U.S. Bank Stadium with over 45,000 people that were there. And they listened to the gospel. And I want to let you know that of the 45,000 people that were there, um, 8,000 let me get this number right. It was over 8,834 people filled out a card and either said, I'm saying yes to Jesus for the first time or I'm recommitting. I've kind of drifted in my walk with God and I'm coming back to that moment. Can we say thank God for the people that were on the crowd? It's, it's the largest non-sport event at U.S. Bank Stadium. I mean, larger than any other concert. And I don't know if Taylor Swift will beat it, but, uh, you know, we had over 45,000 people there with 700 churches. But the, the, crowds are amazing. 
I, I, I love when we have the big crowd events and things are going on like that. I myself gave my life to Jesus Christ at a crowd event, a Billy Graham crusade that was happening at St. Paul Fairgrounds. Again, a crowd, crowd, just so many people. And we were all leaning in to see what was being said about Jesus. And I see this in the Bible, that Jesus loved the crowds. I do. I see that he loved the crowds. Okay, but it was never his goal for people to just stay in the crowd. He wanted them to take a look in the crowd and then lean in and then ultimately say yes to salvation that he was going to provide for and become a disciple of his. I mean, the crowds usually in Jesus' day were so big, they were bigger than what he was, you know, really wanting. I mean, the crowds just kept coming and coming and coming. And it's amazing. Like the crowds were so big, the Bible tells us he had to get away. He's like, guys, it's, it's too big. There's too many people. It's too big. We got it. Let's, let's go to the desert and, and thin the crowd. And then he'd go to the desert and they'd follow him there. All right, what are we going to do? All right, uh, let's, let's row in the boat across the, the Sea of Galilee. And, and for those of you in Minnesota like, that are watching online, you might not know this, but the Sea of Galilee is like about the size of Mille Lacs, you know what I mean? And they'd be like, let's get to the other side. And they'd row and he'd be like, all right, let's thin the crowd. And they'd be running down the shore and they'd be running and they'd be like, surprise. You know, all right, the crowd's big again. All right. He's trying to make the crowd smaller and the crowds are growing. He didn't have to worry about camera angles to try to make the crowd look bigger. I mean, the crowd was big. It was big, okay? And for day upon day upon day, he'd be talking, he'd be teaching, and people were just like, we want to listen. We want to hear. We want to, we just want to, it's just amazing. You think about, you could try to talk for four days on any topic in America right now. You could talk about Russia, Supreme Court, Justin Bieber. They are not staying for four days. They're not staying for four hours. I mean, it, it, people are just coming to Jesus. And again, it says he's going out to these lonely places, yet people are still following him and they're coming from everywhere. And then the crowd, there's people that are curious. They're listening. They're being fed. They're watching. Some of them are sincere. Some are critics. Some of them are anxious, kind of like, I don't know what's going to happen. Some are skeptics. Some are getting caught up in this moment. But they keep coming, and they keep coming, and they keep coming. And there's big crowds. Now, I want to point out a couple things about crowds and how they work in the church world, even right now today. Because I see in Mark chapter 1, verse 32 and 33, it says, That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus. I want to focus on that. They brought to Jesus. See, they brought people to be part of the crowd. They brought people. And I want to tell you this, if there's going to be a crowd in our church, if there's going to be a crowd with, with the things of God, there's going to need to be some bringers. There's going to need to be some bringers. I was going to say broaders, but it, bringers. You, bringers. There needs to be people that say, hey, I'm going to bring people that need to hear the message of Jesus. I need you to know what it's all about, this faith that I've discovered. I need to be a bringer. I need to be somebody that would come there and just and, and be able to, to help you to, to be introduced to Jesus. But I want to be a bringer. And it says many people came and, and stood by the door. Well, you got to understand it's in Capernaum. And that's a city, again, right by the Sea of Galilee. And if you go on our global team, Israel, you'll, you'll see that city, Okay. And, and what would happen is this text here in Mark 1, it was the end of the Sabbath day. They were waiting. And as soon as it was sundown, as soon as it was sundown on Sabbath, they were all ready to go. And they were like, let's get there. Let's get there. Let's go hear Jesus. And so the people were coming from Capernaum. It was about 1,500 people there. But they weren't coming just from there. They were coming from Bethsaida, which was 3,000. They weren't coming from just there. They were coming from Tiberias. That was 15,000. They were coming from Magdala, about 40,000. So there was potentially 60,000 people right in that region 
region, walking distance. Like, it's time, let's go hear Jesus. And they were standing outside the doors, trying to get in there, trying to see, what is Jesus saying? What is he doing? They're listening, and they're right there. And they had people that were bringers. And I've just got to say this to the church. The, the, there's an intensity here when it says, and people brought the sick and they brought the people possessed by the devil. They brought people to Jesus. They were part of the, the bringing crew. The word that is used there, the, the word brought means that you're, you're a burden barrier. You're carrying the burden. You, you feel it's a responsibility to get people that are away from Jesus to at least get them into the crowd so they can hear how good Jesus is. There's a burden there. It implies like that you're carrying somebody. You're doing like, come on, get on my back and I'll get you to the crowd so you can at least hear what Jesus has to say. And I'd love to see our church intensify their burden right now. I've got to bring people to Jesus. I've got to be a bringer. I've got to, if there's going to be a ministry that's happening in the crowds, I'm going to be a part of it and I'm going to be a bringer. And there, there's more on this word where it says, and they brought them, there's an intensity like right now, like there's an urgency. I need to bear the burden. I need to bear the weight to get them there, but I need to do it now. And there's also an intensity on the word that, is, that it, you don't see. We just see the word and they brought them. There's an intensity there of saying, no matter what, no matter what, I'm bringing these people to get them to be part of the crowd so they can at least hear what Jesus has to say. So if I would say this to our church full of bringers right now, we should be out there looking for friends and family and coworkers and people we meet and saying, come and see, just be a part of this. Just come and sit on the edge and lean in from the crowd. Just listen to what God has to say and be a bringer. And I'll give you uh, just a, a tip on bringing people or inviting people and bringing them to church. Give them an either or option, and both of those options mean yes. Do you want to come to the 9.30 or the 11? No was not an option. Did you notice that? Do you want to come to church with me or not? And you say, well, I'm, more, I'm not really a morning person. Well, some of our campuses have Sunday night service. We can go there instead. I've always wanted to see that campus. Well, I'm busy on Sunday. Well, we have a Saturday night option at Apple. I mean, you just, it's not, it's not, no is not an option. We are going to be bringers. We are going to be bringers. And if I could speak to this as well, um, the, there's a whole ministry in our church for bringers. We have Alpha. Alpha is a 10-week ministry where people ask questions, they get a meal, and they, we watch their kids, and it's an opportunity for people that are curious so they can listen and hear. You say, well, it's not a big crowd, but it's the concept of the crowd. It's the concept. I, I, I'm just listening. I'm trying to figure this out. I'm, I don't have it all figured out, but I'm, I, I'm willing to listen. I want to hear what Jesus has to say. I want to see what's going on here. Man, we love this ministry. We love that we have Alpha at our church and all of our campuses have it. It's starting after Labor Day. It's starting after Labor Day. So right now in the summer, it's time off. It's starting. You should be right now thinking about who can I bring? Who can I get on my back? Who can I go there and be a part of this ministry? How can we fill this? How can we make it an opportunity for people to hear what Jesus has to say? Jesus loved the crowds. That's what the Bible tells me. In Matthew 9, 36, it says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. 
because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He's like, don't you understand? I have compassion. You could have me as your Lord and Savior. You could be forgiven. He's like, I I want you to move in, but he had compassion. The Bible tells us also in Luke 9, 11, but the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and he spoke to them about the kingdom of God and he healed those needed healing. He welcomed the crowd. He welcomed the people. I'm saying he's rolling the boat. He's like, get over there, roll the boat. He's like, PJ Flack, roll the boat. Or he's like, get him over there. He's like, get over to the other side. And, 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 and they come in and he's having a downtime with his disciples. He's like, all right, we're going to go to the other side. We're going to roll the boat over to the other side. We're going to get over there. And then what happens? All the people show up. And it's kind of like, Jesus doesn't go, guys, come on. I was talking to the 12. Here he is, he's talking to the 12. He's having a downtime with them and the crowd shows up and you know what he does? He said, yeah, it's a good time. The Bible says he welcomed the crowds. He welcomed. And if I could talk to our church about this for just a moment, I want us to be the most welcoming church to the crowd. If somebody's gonna come and listen and hear and one of the people in our church invites a friend, a coworker, a neighbor, somebody to come and just hear what Jesus has to say and hear about the good things of God and just be able to at least be on the crowd and on the edge, I want us to welcome people. And I would say you can, if you're wondering, can they wear whatever? They can wear whatever. They can smell however. They can sit wherever. I mean, we welcome the crowd to the church. I mean, you say people, sometimes people say, I, you know, I've got to get a little cleaned up. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if I could come to church. I, I don't know what to wear. I'm like, just wear what you have. It's okay. You don't have to worry about cleaning up. I mean, think about it. The, the, the crowds of Jesus, weren't they known as like sinners and dirty? And like, so, hey, it's okay. Welcome to the crowd. Welcome. And I don't care what your motive is. I mean, you could tell them, we have free cookies, free bagels, free childcare. Well, I don't care how you get them here with the motive on the crowd. Get them here. And we want to be a welcoming church. If I, I, I would just point out some of the things that we do for welcoming. How many know we have a, a sign? Go ahead and show the sign of our Faribault campus. It says, welcome home. That should be up at all of our campuses, whether it's on the wall or out a sign. I love that. Welcome home home. And we're saying to the people on the crowd, if you're wondering if there's a place for you, there's a place for you. Our signs say it. Matter of fact, our our parking lot people that are holding signs, which I still think is a valuable ministry for our church. You're saying, you know what that says when somebody pulls up and there's a parking lot person with a sign? It says, we were expecting you. And when there's parking lot people helping them park their cars, it says, we were expecting you. There's going to be a crowd. There's an opportunity for you to listen and to hear. So I would encourage you, our parking lot teams, our sign teams, step it up. Our greeters, our greeters say, hey, welcome here. And if I could say a word to our, our greeters, smile like crazy. Frowns don't win anybody to Jesus. All right. Smile. I want you to smile. And, and if the greeter is a friend of yours or the usher is a friend of yours, talk to them after service. Don't be talking to them while they're supposed to be greeting new people. And you're like, oh, the other day the ball game was amazing. And there goes a visitor. Who cares? No, that's not our attitude. Our attitude is we're going to greet them. We're going to welcome them. I love uh, at our Crosstown campus, they have like a gauntlet. I don't know if you ever, they have like really one door to get in, you know, and you got to walk by like 20 people and, and introverts are like, Where, do you have other campuses? You know, like, <laughs> oh, okay. 
And then another thing, here's, if you're next to somebody, you got to talk to them. You know what the biggest complaints about church is that they're professionally, that's what they say, we're professionally greeted at the door. We're told when to greet with the, the pastor might say, turn to your neighbor and greet. But they're like, apart from official times, they don't feel welcome. They need to feel welcome all the time. I just was about to tell you to turn to your neighbor and welcome them, but then that would be an official time. All right, so after this is over, okay? Connect them to someone. Connect them to someone. Another thing, three minutes after the service, can you give that three minutes to other people rather than your friends? Could you give three minutes after the service to just look around, to say hi to somebody, to talk to somebody, to see if anybody has any questions, to see what God, just give three minutes so we can be more welcoming to the people that are on the crowd. If they're going to just come and hear and listen, we want to be friendly to these people. Maybe you could offer to take them to lunch. You say, yeah, hey, welcome. We're glad you're first time here. Yeah. Hey, you want to go to the lunch, lunch with our family or dinner? you want to go with us? You know, most of the time people are overwhelmed by that and they turn it down, but don't do it like, well, good, that's good odds, then they'll say no. You know? I don't have that's the Minnesota chief in us coming out right there. I pray they take you up on it, all right? Here's what we want to let people know that are on the crowd, that are listening, that are taking the risk to see what does God have to say. We want you to know that we really want you here. We want you to know that you don't have to be perfect to be here. We want you to know that we want to get to know you. We believe this is a great place for you to get to know God. We, we want you to know that you can come here and make a difference with us in this world. We want you to know that we're glad you're here and we'll make room for more. I believe every campus could say, God, how many more services could we start? How, more, how many more times could we utilize our building? Maybe if you've been coming to the primetime spots, you can move off of primetime to free up those seats for new people, and we can start services in off primetime. See, because Jesus welcomed people. He welcomed the crowd. He never, I, I can't find anywhere in the Bible that he ever said to one person like, I got nothing for you. <laughs> oh, we have stories of people walking away after he told them the truth, but he always welcomed people in. And so I believe this, that Jesus is calling our church to take on a welcoming attitude towards seekers, towards people on the edge, to be bringers and to say, hey, welcome. This is a place for you. You belong here. Your life can be transformed here. The things that Jesus has to say are amazing, but there's more than just being on the edge. Now, I, I love everyone that is on the edge. And so as I transition here for just a moment, please know that if you're leaning in, if you're new, if you're visiting, if this is, and you're on the edge, you're trying to figure this out, thank God for you being here. Thank God. That's a great place to start on the edge. Maybe you're watching online or you're watching uh, at our website and you haven't made your way into the church. We have uh, eight locations, soon to be nine, and you're just, you're, you're out there and you're on the edge. Welcome. That's a great place to start, but it's, it's not a great place to stay. It's not a great place to stay. With the time I have remaining, let me just explain this. Luke 11, verses 27 and 28, I'll, I'll teach this and give you the context. It, Jesus is teaching, and it says this, as Jesus was saying these things, a woman in the crowd called out, blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. He replied, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. So there's a lady in the crowd, and she's like, you are teaching amazing. You are teaching amazing. And she's like, 
Jesus, your mom should be proud of you. Your mom, she's amazing. Blessed is she because she should be proud of all the good that you're doing. Your teaching is amazing. Your life is amazing. She should be proud. And he was like, yes, she's proud. But guess what? I want to be proud of you. I want to be proud of you. I'm teaching all these things not so you just say, great job, Jesus. I'm not teaching these things just so you say, wow, was his mom ever great. He's like, I'm teaching these things so that you'll hear them and obey them. That's why I'm teaching these things. And so he's saying, um, I want to draw people, and I, want, I don't want you to stand about the edge. I don't want you to just stand there and, and be critical on the edge. I don't want you to stay on the edge because the edge is a place to start, but it's not a place to finish. Okay? And, and there's a lot of people, a church of our size really would be a, a, a multitude. It'd be a crowd. I mean, it's bigger than 5,000. We would we, be over 10,000 this fall. It's amazing. It, it's, it's, a, it's a multitude. It's a crowd. And here's what happens. In a, in a group this side, there's some people that come to our church and they still sit on the edge and they say, great sermon. Great job. Your mom should be really proud of that sermon, Pastor Rob. You really, that was a great teaching about Jesus. But see, if you stay there, that's not God's intent for your life. It's not his purpose. There are people, and I think about dads, and I think I won't, I won't, embarrassed, but I remember in my first youth group, there was a, a kid and his mom, and they came faithfully, and they prayed for their dad, and I, I prayed for their dad. We prayed over and over and over and over again, and he came to church. He is Mr. Dad Critic, and when he would eventually come, he'd, he'd just be critic. He'd just sit there, and, and he was on the periphery, and I just kept thinking, when will you move from the crowd, and, and instead of being just like, you know, critical, when will you come to the cross? That's what I was thinking. When will you do that? I think about people that are just leaning in, Young lady, maybe you're leaning in and you're just like, I'm leaning in. I'm just I'm checking it out. I'm saying this. If you've been leaning in for a long time, when are you going to take the leap of faith? Because the, the crowd is, is meant to be a, a big group, but it was meant to be a big group that would get people to come in and say yes to Jesus. I think about people that chew it over and they chew it over and they chew it over. Oh, I'm thinking about chewing it over. I mean, I'm telling you what, when are you going to taste and see that the Lord is good? I mean, this is what it, it, we're saying. Come on, you've been out here long enough. You've been out here long enough. It's time to move in. It's time to say yes. And again, remember, if you're new and you're on the edge, praise God, we're so thankful for that. But for those that are just staying there and staying there and staying there and staying there and staying there, I'm asking you to move on in. I think there are people that come to church and they come to church to soothe a little guilt and they just drain off like, oh, I drained off a little sin or something because I came, I heard a little bit of teaching, and now I'm stepping out. Don't just come to soothe the guilt. Say yes to the Savior. Man, the crowd is a great place to start. It's a terrible place to stay. It's a terrible place to stay. And I'm praying that everyone in our church that's on the crowd will keep moving in, and they'll get close enough to Jesus to hear him say, forgiven, I love you. Yes, I'm your Savior. So Lord, I'm just praying right now that you'd help us as a church to realize the multitudes, the crowds, that's amazing. 
I pray for bigger services, services that will be even more full. I pray for new campuses to start, more services to start. I pray for growth. I pray for increase. I pray for bringers, people that will bring people to Jesus and bring them to the church and bring them to the edge and let them at least hear what God has to say. I pray for people in our church to be welcoming because you welcome the people that were in the crowd. And so God, I pray we'd be that type of people. And then ultimately, Lord Jesus, I pray for people that are on the edge and they've been sitting on the crowd too long, too long, and they know they've got to come to that moment. I pray that today would be a wonderful day for them to say yes to you, Jesus, and move closer in your name, I pray. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to ask if that's you, if you say, today's my day. I've been leaning in. I've been looking. I've been waiting. I, I, I've kicked the tires long enough. I've I've been curious. I've heard the teaching. I've watched their life. I've seen what's happened. I've felt the presence of God here. And I'm ready to say yes to Jesus. Today's the day I move a step closer. I'm moving from just hearing and listening. I'm moving to saying yes to Jesus. And if that's you with every head bowed and every eye closed, we're praying for you right now. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and, and put it up. And I will include you in a closing prayer. It'd be an opportunity for you to say, yep, I'm that one. I'm that, well, today's my day. Today's my day. It's no longer just listening and hearing. Today is the day to say yes to Jesus and move closer to him. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, you say, Pastor Rob, include me. Could you right now slip up your hand right now all across this room? Yes, hands going up in the back and in the middle and in the front and in the middle and that side section. Other hands, are there others that would go up and say, Pastor Rob, don't miss it. My hand is up way in the back row, two hands together. Yes. Hands going up, hands going up. People saying yes to Jesus. Today's my day. Today's my day. You can put your hands down and I want to pray this prayer with you right now. Those of you that prayed this, that raised your hand and you said, today's my day. Today's my day. I've been in the crowd. I've been in the crowd, but I'm ready to move closer. I'm ready to say yes to Jesus. Today is my day that I transition from just listening to doing what Jesus said, to hear it and to obey it. And so we thank God for those people that have raised their hand. Matter of fact, I just feel this is appropriate right now. Can we just give a hand clap for the people that raised their hand and said, yes, I'm leaning in? It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. For those of you that raised their hand and you said, yep, today's my day. I, I want to pray this prayer and I want to pray a line and then I want you to pray after me. And I'd encourage people online that are watching this or on the podcast, I'd encourage you to pray this as well. We believe I'm going to pray a line and then I'm going to ask for you to pray a line out loud right after me. And I'm going to ask that the people in this room would pray it out loud with you as a form of encouragement. They're saying, hey, we were there too, and we want to pray this out loud with you. So let's pray this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins and all that I've done wrong. I believe you died on the cross and rose again from the dead so that I could be forgiven. I receive that today. I receive your teaching today. And I receive you as my Savior. And right now today, I pledge to live for you for the rest of my life. Give me the strength to do that. In Jesus' name I pray. So God, I thank you for those people that said that prayer, that made that decision. They said yes to you. I thank you, God. There are about eight or nine people that raised their hand in this service alone that said it, even those that would be online and, would, and said yes to you. We thank you for that. 
they move from the, the crowd or the multitude. They're just, they're just leaning in. They were hearing. They were curious. There were things. But now they've said yes to you, and we celebrate that, God. And I pray they'd realize new life in them has taken place. You've forgiven them. You've made them new. And now they're your child. And so, God, we thank you for that. We celebrate that today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. One more time, let's celebrate now those that have said yes. Come on, no golf clap allowed. No golf clap allowed. Lives were changed. Yes. Can I say this to those that uh, said yes to Jesus? There are about eight or nine people that raised their hand, all right? And, and I'm not pointing them out, but it just seemed like they're more on this side than this side, all right? If you were over here, I didn't, only a couple hands, all right? But I, so I'm going to talk to you over here. Hey, two things. I want you to know this. I want you to go and tell someone tonight before you go to bed, I made the decision to follow Jesus. It might be somebody that's here with you that brought you. They were a bringer. And you're like, you could just lean over to them and say, hey, I did it. I made that decision. I'd also tell you maybe to tell a, a friend or relative, somebody, just tell someone tonight before you go to bed that you gave your life to Jesus Christ. All right. The second thing I tell you to do is um, be sure to get this. We have this book. It's called Now What? So in the front, it's a little pamphlet. And then there's a Bible behind there. It just says, now what? Now, like, you know, we're talking about the circles. Like, how do I draw closer to Jesus? So the little Now What book is just like, all right, now that you've moved from the crowd and you've said yes to Jesus, now what do you do? How do you move a little closer? How do you keep moving closer to Jesus and follow him and let that relationship grow? So I would encourage you to get this. The prayer team members will have it up front. It'll be available at the info center. And we want you to have this. So tell someone before you go to bed tonight and then get this book. Can we stand all across this place? Uh, prayer teams, if you could make your way up forward and have these books available. Again, there are about eight or nine people that raised their hand. We want to have these available for you. And then secondly, there might be people you're like, I want to, be, I want to pray. I want to be a better bringer. They would love to pray for you. If there's somebody you've been praying about bringing to church, like I prayed for that dad year after year after year after year, uh, they'd love to come to agreement that this could be your breakthrough year. This would be the year. Maybe you're sweating right now about who you should invite to Alpha or you know who you should invite to Alpha and, you're, and fear hits you. You want to pray against that fear and let God help you to bring that person so they can listen and hear what God has to say. And again, any other need that we have, if you have a, a need for healing, a job, anything that's on your heart that you came with a burden, we would love to pray for you and we'll stay until everyone's been prayed for. All right, here's your homework in this. Be a bringer. Be a bringer. Be a bringer. Let's just be bringers and let's, let's bring someone over the next few months. Let's bring someone. Let's have that burden of I will bring someone. Amen? Amen. Have an amazing week serving the Lord. God bless you.